0: Welcome to the Pick'em Show. You are listening to the Club Dub Football Podcast. Welcome to the
1: Club Dub Football Podcast. Where the only question is,
0: Does your team
1: make it into the club? Welcome back, gents. Hello, Rob. Hello, Rob. Hello, JP. It's the flagship show. Not only is it our flagship Pickham show, does your pod contain foul and abusive language? Nope. Um, not only is it our flagship Pickham show, but we're hoping that we've got an influx of new listeners joining for the first time, having been named one of FeedSpot's top 40 UK sports podcasts to listen to. We hope that many of you are joining in. Um, and keeping us company for week 14 of the NFL. So for those of you not familiar, here is basically how it works. What we will do is, in turn, we will each pick our game of the week. We will talk about the runners and riders and the players on each team that may be able to make a difference. And then we will be picking our winner. And our winner gets put into the most exclusive club in all of podcasting. The team that's going to get the W ends up in club dub. We play some fancy music and roll on to the next. But basically what you have is wonderful NFL insight jibber-jabber from us three for the next give or take 45 minutes or so. So when I look at the week 14 slate of games, gentlemen, I think it has a little bit of everything. It has a few dead rubbers, right? A few games that I think can completely pass us by as being both unlikely to be dramatic and also pretty much non-consequential. But beyond those few, and there aren't too many, there are a few interesting games, games with various storylines weaved through them. And then also some absolute juggernauts going head to head, some real clashes of the titans and battles of the heavy hitters that could give us pretty strong clues as to who might be lifting a Lombardi in what, a couple of months time. So in terms of the games this week, you may all be excited out there in Listerland as well. But I'm going to hand over to these guys to tell them which battles matter most. And Oldram, why don't you kick us off and give us your game for week 14?
0: Well, I'm going to do what I think is is definitely one of the games of the week, if not the game of the week. And it's the LA Rams against the Baltimore Ravens. Now, this is remarkably um, a couple of teams, both with strong you know, performances in the last few weeks, both coming off win streaks. Um, the Ravens obviously on bye last week, so they've had a bit of a rest. But the Rams certainly were not resting. They uh, were doing a number on a really competitive Cleveland Browns, I thought. Um, so from their kind of side of um, performances, they're looking a lot better than they have done, I think, all year. Matt Stafford is looking, dare we say, healthy Yeah. Uh, and firing on all cylinders. Ukunakua is showing no signs of um, the kind of rookie slump that you might have expected to see. Mm. Kyron Williams is back fit and looks like a heck of a running back. Yeah, And obviously they're coached by an incredible coach that is going to drive a team towards playoffs, regardless of the talent on that team. So um, all things considered, I'm really quite impressed with how the Rams are playing at the minute because from the start of the season i thought oh this is going to be like last year you know they're going to struggle not going to look really at it stafford's going to struggle with injuries and that looked like it might be the case again and yet here we are they're on um the back of two victories in a row both scored w- where they've outscored their opponent by 17 points or more you know that is no yeah. mean feat particularly in their last opponent the cleveland browns who have had an absolutely stifling defense all year you know yeah. they have been one of the toughest teams to score on and to get over 30 points against them um was impressive uh, and i i can't i just can't say enough about pukunakua and how good that guy looks because in a in a team where we thought that the rams might struggle because cooper cup was struggling with injury and on ir and not playing Uka Nakua really stepped up, but not only stepped up, he's continued to make strides and improve. You know, that's, that's really the mark of a very good player for me because Cooper Cup's come back into the fold and he hasn't, you know, completely taken over and dominated and seen Nakua's snaps drop off. You know, Nakua is still the go-to guy for big plays, for touchdowns, for for all of those kind of things. And don't get me wrong, Cooper Cup is still Mr. Reliable. You know, if you want to get eight yards for a third on a third down, you go into Cooper Cup because those are an incredibly safe pair of hands and an incredibly crisp route run. But Nakua is the big play specialist at the minute. The 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 play where they threw the ball out to Nakua and he just went for what? Seventy yards, I think, was just yeah, a real mark of where he's at. Um, so the Rams are remarkably looking really good, and even though they're only eight and eight at the minute, is it eight and eight? What are they? Oh, geez, can't be that can't be right. Um, six and six, they're at. Sorry, they're eighth spot in the NFC, but they're on the same record as the Seahawks, the Packers, the Vikings. You know, all teams Mm. that they could well end up well ahead of, because the Seahawks, despite an incredible you know, Thursday night performance. That was probably their best game in a long while. Um, So they're cer- certainly no lock to, you know, go ahead and, and win a lot of games. The Vikings certainly aren't looking like they're going to keep winning games, you know, for the duration. And the Packers, although they've had this nice little bump recently and Jordan Love looks like he's finally getting it, that can quite easily spiral out of control because overall they're not a brilliant team, the Packers. So there's yeah. still weaknesses there. So, you know, for the Rams, it's all there to to kind of go at. For the Ravens, they've had a nice bye week. They've had a chill out. They've had a chance to get a bit more fit and healthy because really that's been one of their biggest problems this year is players in and out, you know, OBJ in and out, not 100%. Uh, obviously, they lost Mark Andrews, which is a massive loss because he's Lamar's go-to guy and touchdown specialist. Um, but running backs, well, they've they've had their fair share of problems with running backs over the last two years. I guess when you pin all your hopes on um, J.K. Dobbins' knees, that is not the way to go because uh, both years he's, he's unfortunately missed out because of injuries there. Um, and yet they seem to have got a good rhythm. You know, they've got a, a couple of wins on the bounce. They're right up there in their division. Uh, I think they're now level in the AFC on second spot with the Dolphins because the Dolphins won at the weekend and obviously they didn't play. Um, but they're both a bit of a weird team, a, a set of teams. You know, both got their own flaws. The, the Ravens are not the most high-powered, high-scoring offense, despite being one of the most innovative and exciting offenses. You know, you think what they can do with Lamar and what they do with the run game, but ultimately they don't really often put up big wins you know they're not putting on the the sorts of performances that you see from the Dolphins or even the Chiefs of you you know maybe not in the last few weeks but they're capable of Mm. going over 30 points and putting up um some numbers they've not really done that this year but they do have an incredible defense and an incredible coach and they're a heck of a good team no matter what you might think of them to um but it, it could be a real tough matchup because the Rams look like a real form team at the minute for me. And they look very capable of beating good defenses and putting up points on good defenses as they showed against the Browns. So, um, I think it could be a really interesting matchup because yeah, that both, are, are kind of maybe not playing the sort of opponent they'd relish playing against, but both will feel that they can exploit the weaknesses of the other potentially. So, um, yeah, I think it'll be a really good game.
1: I'm with you. I think the game is interesting for what it means down the road, because for both of these, these are the kind of calibre of opponents they'll meet in the playoffs should they make it. And I think the Ravens are pretty much nailed on, barring significant injury or a significant change in their fortunes. But you're right. The Rams the last three weeks look as good as any team in football. They beat a Seahawks team narrowly, but nevertheless, the Seahawks team that, you know, like you said, on their day can put up points and can cause teams problems. They then beat the Cardinals, which, you know, is probably to be expected, but it's the way they beat the Cardinals. Like you say, putting up 400 plus yards of offense. They put up 399 yards of offense last week in a really, really good performance against the Browns D. It's this whole thing about, you know, it's not how you get there necessarily. Sometimes it's just getting there. And if they can go into the playoffs with with, with, you know, players healthy, look, I have them half a click behind the likes of the 49ers but you know, they'll cause problems for say a Detroit lions. I think they cause problems for a Philadelphia Eagles and look on their, on their day, who knows? And, and I think with the Ravens, you know, if I don't know if they can stay healthy, I think they've really got a shot because you said that's been their problem this season. It feels like it's their problem. Every season really is just keeping people healthy, particularly running back and, and in some of the skill positions, but, um, You know what, this is a contest that, forget the records, look at form, look at recency, you know, and a bit of recency bias says that these are two of the best teams in football at the moment, so it's got all the ingredients. As much as you've got probably the Ravens, who maybe are best on defense with a potent offense, you've then got the Rams, who are probably best on offense, but still with a pretty good defense. I mean, you've got Aaron Donald anchoring it. I mean, I just think, you know, if styles make fights, then... You know, styles can certainly make a contest this weekend. Um, quality opposition for two quality teams. What's not to like? I think you are right in that this is a playoff primer,
2: not yeah. necessarily because we're expecting to see these two teams play each other because different sides of the footballing a- world, unless they
1: get to the very top of the tree.
2: I was going to say, unless, unless we get a su- an unexpected Super Bowl. Um I think the Rams looked better the last couple of weeks. Um, I think Cooper Cup being back properly, Puka Nakua being the absolute steal of this draft. Like, oh, 100%. Uh, we, we, there are numerous, we started off Tuesday, I started off Tuesday by talking about uh, CJ Stroud and Tank Dell. There have been numerous like real big hits for teams, but Puka Nakua has to be the most like underrated best pick of, of the draft that Aaron Donald led defense looked really, really good. And the Rams just feel like a little bit like they've got that kind of swagger, that Sean McVay swag
1: going again.
2: The Ravens are a team in, uh, Maryland.
1: Uh, Thanks for that, JB. Um, I, I think the you're classic right about
0: the yeah, Ravens. Of
1: classic talk about the Ravens. I think you're right about Puka Nakura. I think in a do-over he goes top ten in the draft. You know, isn't hindsight a wonderful thing? But I think in a world without CJ Stroud, he would be probably in the offensive rookie of the year or rookie of the year competition. Um yeah, I like it as a matchup. In fact, I love it as a matchup. I think it's going to be an absolutely brilliant game to watch. Um I don't know, could the difference be? a fit Matt Stafford. I think Matt Stafford without that hand and back injury, just all of a sudden looks like an elite quarterback again. Um, I was beginning to wonder if he's, you know, maybe that little bit too old, maybe a little bit over the hill. Um, maybe this weekend we find out. But look, winning at the weekend's one thing. Spending a night partying away in club dub is most definitely another. Um, Aldrin, it's time for you talk X's nose. Who's finding their way beyond the velvet rope?
0: Well, I think that this team might just have the measure of that old man that you mentioned, and I'm putting the Baltimore Ravens into club derp.
1: Oh, never get tired of hearing the music. Um, I'm going to, you know, people follow our various pick through the week, and certainly our pick-every-game contest. I'm going to say to you now, Aldrin, I'm going the other way. I think it will be the Rams and I think it'll be a real marquee win and be the win that gets them noticed, but what a game in prospect. So Rams against Ravens starts off week 14 for you, Aldrin JB, where do you take us this week? I mean, I take us
2: to Sunday night football and the game of the week, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. Um, And if, the eagles and the cowboys was was the big hitter from last week uh, sorry the eagles and the niners was the big hitter last week the eagles are, are back in it again this week after uh, we talked about this in our in our sort of pre-show pod on Tuesday show um i left yours on sunday and it was six nothing eagles and the eagles looked quite firm in control And by the time I got home, it was San Francisco 14, Philadelphia six and the game looked like, it was a completely different game than the one that I had left before. And the Eagles need to come back from that. This we talked the other day about how worried we are about some of the big teams. And I said, I'm not really that worried about the Eagles and I'm not, I still think they are the best team in the NFC. I still think they have got more than they've been showing. However, There are One loss is a loss, but two in a row starts to talk about, well, what kind of slide are they on? And especially at this, like, the business end of the season, you don't want to be talking about, well, how many losses can you take before you start to be concerned? You want to be, we are firmly in our identity and and hitting our stride. I think Hertz getting a bit banged up, like he's not on injury reports or anything, but I think they've sort of said he's not as comfortable as he'd like to be, is a thing... We've seen great things from uh, Devonta Smith and AJ Brown, which is is great and fantastic to see. The run game feels like it's lacking a little bit, but the biggest concern, I think, if you're an Eagles fan, has been the defence, which hasn't really performed like it showed at the start or even like it did last season. Um, The signing of Shaq Leonard this week, I think, will do big things for that. I think he is an incredible player who was maybe not in the right scheme to succeed with the Colts this season, but he, he makes your defence better. So I think the hope that there is in Philadelphia for how well they're going to do it is, is, is justified. And I think it's going to be incredible. The Cowboys, on the other hand, kind of feel a little bit like the NFC's Dolphins in terms of like beat a team with a winning record. Show this dominance against every single team that you have against so many others. The Cowboys, like I said with the Dolphins, are a team that if they get going, just absolutely steamrolling you. But if you can halt their momentum and kind of not let them get ahead too far, then they start to struggle. Can the Eagles do enough to hold back this potent Dallas offense while picking holes in that Cowboys defense that is sturdy, but not unbreakable and unbeatable? I think that's going to be the big question for Sunday night. This, again, feels like a game that we could, perhaps will, see again this season at some point in the playoffs.
1: I like your pick Um, I think it definitely is the game of the week, but I also like a bit like the Ravens and the Rams, what this means when you look bigger picture. So what I mean by that is, well, probably a number of things. Firstly, let's not lose sight of the fact that with the Eagles losing last week, this could have implications for who wins the division. You know, the Cowboys certainly aren't out of that. Um, And also... You've talked very well about the Cowboys and what it means, but let's take the Eagles, right? So you said before the Eagles are making the playoffs, and they are. I mean, they'd have secured a playoff berth with with a win at the weekend. And they end this season, I mean, listen to this for a run-in. Giants, Cardinals, Giants. Those are the final three games everybody wants. I mean, you could be playing backups in those three, and you're getting three dubs as the Philadelphia Eagles out of those. The thing about it is, is I think the next couple of games really define how the Eagles feel going into the playoffs because they've got the Cowboys this week it's a tough game right so you could potentially be looking at back-to-back defeats if they weren't to get over the line you've then got the Seahawks now the Seahawks I mean they're not stellar themselves but they've had their high points and one of the things about that team is they do have an offense that can put up points so I think they're going to challenge you and I think if you're coming off two defeats play a team like the Seahawks does that slightly change the dynamic of that game but I suppose the bigger point for me on an Eagles front is if you go in winning your last three I don't think that says a lot about your football team and where they are they are three straightforward wins as far as I'm concerned so if you want to go into the playoffs with a bit of swagger and feeling good about where you are well, you've got to take care of business and you've got to beat the Cowboys, right? I think otherwise the Cowboys have certainly got a chance for the division if they win this weekend. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, I, I probably think it's a bigger game for the Eagles than it is the Cowboys, but maybe part of that is just the fact that I see the Eagles as genuine Super Bowl contenders and I'm not yet convinced the Cowboys are.
0: I think we all know that I agree with that. I don't think the Cowboys are Super Bowl contenders. But that said, from what I saw of the Eagles against the 49ers, it did kind of shine a light on the fact that they can be beaten. You know, they've not been beaten a lot this year, but they can be. And also heavily, you know, when they're put under that much pressure and a team just has their number, you know, to work out what they're going to do on defense, it's difficult for them to put up big and go past teams. You know, this year, I mean, we've talked brilliantly about the Eagles and all credit to them because they played brilliantly this year. But they've kind of gone under the radar a little bit. And we talked about it in previous weeks. The fact is, is that they've not been playing fantastic. You know, we've seen fantastic from the Dolphins. We've seen fantastic on occasion from the Bills, even the the Chiefs. You know, those sorts of teams we've seen fantastic from and we haven't really ever seen fantastic from the Eagles we've seen good and we've seen great on very sparse occasions but nothing spectacular and I think that that performance at at the weekend kind of summed that up because they were good not great and they had to be great to keep up with the 49ers and the 49ers did a number on them And and the thing for me is that as as much as I've derided the Cowboys a lot, you know, in the last few weeks, they put up a lot of points. Yeah. A lot of points. 30 plus, 40 plus. Dak's playing well. Um, They're getting a lot of players involved. You know, Cooks is looking good again. You know, yeah. Brandon Cooks is looking like a force and certainly they've got him more involved in the end zone. Um, They've got good players. You know, they do have good players. They've got a good running back. They've got great defense. A little bit um, – <laughs> the thing with the defense for me is I do see them occasionally uh, jumping routes again, Trevon Dick yeah. style, you know, trying to jump routes. And, and that happened at the weekend with um, uh, with a few plays where they tried to jump the route to get the pick six or get the pick, and mm. a player got behind and was away. Um, so I I do think they're a little bit too much like that on occasion, but nonetheless, yeah, they can, they can put up a lot of points. I think that, and that would be the worry for me if I was the Eagles because coming off a, you know, it's a pretty devastating loss to the 49ers. I know that, you know, I I said on, what did we say on Tuesday, maybe that Mm. you don't have to be too dispirited by losing to the 49ers because ultimately I think on their day when everybody's fit, they are the most unstoppable team in football right now. They're just unstoppable. When Trent Williams and Debo Samuel are fit, the 49ers cannot be stopped, and that's been proven. So there's no real shame in losing to them. But it was the manner in which that happened. They weren't even, you know, they weren't able to compete, really. They weren't much in it. After, you know, it looked like they were holding the 49ers in the early quarter, the 49ers just ran away from them, and it wasn't really a contest. So the thing for me is that... How the Eagles react to that loss is going to be the most important thing. And for me, I think the Cowboys might just have enough. They might feel like there's a bit of a wounded animal there and they can go and put up another 30, 40 points like they have done the last few weeks. And it could be the big win that they need. Like you said, Rob, I think it's more more impactful for the Eagles than the Cowboys. But I do think it's impactful for the Cowboys because they need to be a good team. They haven't done it. Big divisional game as well. They put up a lot of points against average teams and they've got a decent record against teams with bad records. But Mm. if they can beat a divisional rival and a good one at that, then that would be a real statement win for them. And um, I I think they might do it.
1: Do you? I mean, I, I like your point before I throw back to JB about the Cowboys' defense aren't built to restrict teams to few points. They are built turn the football over you yeah. know and 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 you look at you know i mean they've got experienced players so you've got i mean on paper you'd go kind of Stefan gilmore you know is a, is a great corner but actually he hasn't been the story this year because as much right. as he's he's playing and has got himself relatively healthy well the stories durham bland who's turning the ball over each and every week record pick sixes and all of these kind of things i mean that's except it me. except when he
0: tries to go for the for the pick and DK Metcalf catches it over the top of him and then runs off into the
1: distance. Well, well, indeed. But but then actually, you mentioned it, and I know he hasn't played this season. But Trevon Diggs was like that in previous. Is oh, yeah. this a Dallas thing? Is that how they have It's been a, a bit, It's the- a bit
0: feast or famine. That's all I'm Correct. saying. It's like you yeah. said, they're not there to stop them. They're there to go and make plays to try and turn yeah. over the ball, and sometimes that comes risk and re- it's high risk, high reward, right? Agreed. Sometimes you get the pick six.
1: Yeah. Sometimes
0: DK Metcalf goes over the top,
1: but. Yeah. 100, 100% agree. So, JB, it comes down to you. So many different dynamics at play here, but one team gets to party beyond the velvet rope. Put us out of our misery. Who's it going to be?
2: How about them Eagles?
1: Oh. Aldrin, you kind of suggested you to pick the Cowboys, right? Uh-huh. Do you know what it's really? This feels like the kind of game that whichever team wins, it's going to be obvious. It's like, oh, of course the Eagles were going to get oh, right. Obviously they're going know, to win The Eagles beat the Cowboys earlier in the season. Of course it. And then you go, of course the Cowboys were going to win. They're scoring loads of points. And the Eagles are coming off a really bad defeat. It feels like whichever way it goes, you kind of kick yourself for getting it wrong. I have no idea. But the fact that one of you's gone, well the guy who matters, in this case, JB, has gone Eagles. The fact that you might go cowboys older, is pretty typical of what makes it such a great game. So you guys have gone for, I think it would be fair to say, the big games, right, the, the big hitters. Well, I'm going to go for one of those games that I talked about earlier in our pod where I was talking about storylines rather than necessarily it being standout. So storylines for me takes me back to the AFC and ultimately we're talking about a tale of two backup quarterbacks although you've got to have a pretty long memory to be able to remember when Gardner Minshew was a backup quarterback. So the Colts against the Bengals I like for a number of reasons. Firstly you've got Both teams in the mix, right? The Colts at seven and five, who saw that, you know, at week three when quarterbacks were going down for the season and the Bengals at six and six, but look, the Bengals being at 500, isn't the story here. The story is more that last week they were able to put together a really, really good offensive performance without Joe Burrow. And ultimately, if they want to find their way to the playoffs, that is exactly what they're going to have to do. So in terms of that performance, we spoke on Tuesday about the stat line from Browning. And I think that was the most impressive thing. That ultimately, he put up really big yards. I mean, passing yards, 305. The fact that he was able to throw touchdowns without turning the ball over against certainly a what very um, action-packed and very competitive um, Jacksonville Jaguars defense. I mean, it's worth really mentioning that Browning was able to put together a 32 of 37, 350 yards and a one touchdown performance from nowhere. You know, in previous weeks, he'd looked completely lost at sea, which is what makes this game so interesting for me from a Bengals perspective, because if they're able to beat the Jags one week, and then they're able to roll up against a rolling Indianapolis Colts and get another dub, then all of a sudden they're the right side of 500 and absolutely in the playoff mix in the AFC side of things. But actually, who's better to beat? I mean, yes, we talked in the last pod about the fact that probably the Ravens and Dolphins sit atop the AFC. But if you can beat people like the Jags and people like the Colts, as we're saying they might do potentially this weekend, well, that makes you a contender. And it makes you a team that, if you can make the playoffs, could yet be dangerous. I mean, I think missing Joe Burrow means it's unlikely they'll find their way back to a Super Bowl, but there are going to be teams in the playoffs with the number of quarterbacks that have gone down this season. There are going to be teams in the playoffs that are looking to find a winning formula with a backup who better than Cincinnati or potentially Indianapolis, as I'm going to come on to, to do that. Um, The other great thing about the Cincinnati Bengals at the weekend was not only that Browning had a great performance at QB, but that Joe Mixon looked dangerous again, looked like he could run, looked like he could run between the tackles. And when they had that great balance on run and pass, you feel like that absolutely is the only recipe for success for Mixon. If you look at a Cincinnati Bengals team that are all outrun, that are without ideas in the passing game i think that one-dimensional cincinnati probably doesn't beat many teams but ultimately you know am i a romantic or is there a genuine chance here that there could be you know a turnaround in cincy there could be an unlikely cinderella story absolutely about to unfold in front of our very eyes now for that cinderella story to unfold it means that they've kind of got to put the brakes on probably the current exciting cinderella story in the afc now you guys know how much of a fan i have been of gardner Minshew for years i think the guy throws medium to long balls as well as any quarterback in football those beautiful arcing rainbow throws that he can just absolutely get over a defender and into the arms of a wide receiver are uh, unreal And I know that they've got a couple of good receivers, Aldrin. You'll probably be able to expand on this. But I think Pittman looks really up for it this year. I think he looks great in those competitive throws. He's maybe not the quickest for yards after the catch. But actually, what he does have is the ability to just wrestle a few more yards from a defender when you get him the ball. And I just think, you know, Jonathan Taylor looking healthy. The fact they'd found other interesting pieces on the offense when they were without Taylor in the early season. I mean, all of this is all of a sudden looking like the Colts might have found a recipe for success here. Now, look, I don't think Gardner Minshew has quite done enough to keep Richardson out when he is back and when he's healthy, probably what, next season. But actually, Gardner Minchu, I think he's looking like a starter in this league rather than a backup. I think he will find himself in a similar position next year as this year, where he will find himself on a team that imagine he could be a starter and who may also draft somebody to kind of get a bit of experience and work. You know, that that kind of position that we saw. Maybe Patrick Mahomes uh, within Kansas City. I mean, Maybe I don't think Minchu's quite as good as an Alex Smith. But I think Minshew starts next season as a starter, and I think that becomes only more and more likely if they win this weekend and find themselves rolling into the playoffs. So look, a Cinderella story for one. I feel this week's game is most interesting because it's pretty likely on the AFC side to be one or the other of these two teams rather than both.
0: Yeah. Do you know what? It's quite nice as a Colts fan to be talking about the Colts. We've not really done it much this season, and then two weeks on the bounce, we've yeah. we've had to talk about them because they're um, competitive and winning. surely an
1: unexpectedly good season, even for you, massively. right? I mean,
0: yeah, I mean, in in truth, when Richardson was the starter, I didn't have massively high expectations for the season because I thought it was going to be a learning year. You. you know, yeah, Richardson. yeah, yeah.
1: there'd be ups and downs.
0: Richardson yeah. comes into the league with not a lot of college experience. There was going to be ups and downs, and the fact that there's been ups and downs without him, I was probably the bit that I wasn't expecting. But yeah, we've got um we've got a decent but we've got a really decent offense. You know, I think that's the thing for me that is the standout. We've got a really decent offense because there's only one game this year where we've scored under twenty points. You know, that is a real feat in itself. We're not being held out of the end zone a lot mm. and we are putting up points. I think, you know, you talked about um we've got some good receivers, well, you know, we had Michael Pittman with 105 yards at the weekend, and Alec Pierce with exactly 100, both with touchdowns. Yeah. You know, they're um, they're both a threat. Add to that, um, actually, Josh Downs had a pretty quiet game, but he's had a really good year as well. You know, the rookie. So we've got some good players. Um, I think the way that we dial up plays offensively is exciting this year and you know we're probably limited in what we would have imagined in terms of our play calling because Gardner minchu is not anthony richardson in in yep. the types of style of play that they're both going to play that said we've created an awful lot of um exciting different looks different plays we got down the sideline a lot at the at the weekend and you know there was a lovely rainbow pass from Minchu over to Alec Pierce um, over the top of the defender and then into the end zone. Um, mm. that was a really nice play, but
1: oh, it was beautiful. Thing- yeah, me and JB yeah. watch it. I've never seen a ball go so high. To- it yeah. looked more like a punt than a throw from yeah. a quarterback. It, it was, was a beautiful. real
0: high arc. And Alec Pierce just went and got it and then took it to you know, took it onto the house. But the play that I loved was the final play, you know, because we that play got us to the two yard line. I think it was that Alex. Um, Alec Alec Pierce play that got us to the two-yard line. And then we ran almost the same play twice. Basically, we ran like a short crossing route that didn't come off. And then Steichen basically dialed up the same look, did the same thing, but then switched the play so the receivers crossed each other. And it was just such a nice play. And I think the thing with, uh, with us is that Steichen is aggressive. He wants to go for wins and he's capable of dialing up really good plays. I think the yeah. only, the the real problem that I have with our team is that our defense doesn't generate enough takeaways. You know, we talk about the the Dallas Cowboys and them being not holding teams to, you know, really tight scores, but they're there to take the ball away. We don't do that anywhere near enough. We've done it a couple of times in a couple of games where we've had multiple interceptions But over the course of the season, we don't generate enough sacks is the one main thing. We don't generate enough sacks, but we don't generate enough um, turnovers of the ball, really. And that's the one weakness I think that we have in terms of where you'd want to get to long term. Um, But maybe I've rambled on about the the Colts enough. The Bengals are an interesting team as well. I, I actually like the Bengals. Strange kind of game at the weekend in the sense that definitely not one that I predicted, but like you said, Browning can, 100%. you know, create plays. And they certainly did that from having looked utterly lost his first few starts. Like you said, um, dialed up a very good performance. The only caveat for me is that they beat a team that wasn't playing with their starting quarterback at the end of the game. And, you know, like we said earlier, yeah Bethard actually orchestrated a pretty good you know series of drives and and actually looked pretty good but ultimately yeah. it's a big knock when you lose your your kind of franchise quarterback on any team and those kind of results can happen but yeah the bengals when they like you say when they can get that run pass mix going um they're a real threat, and do you know what jamar Chase looks at it. Yeah, he looks he really at it at the minute. Yeah, you know, the start of the year he's kind of gone missing, and the last couple of games, it, it's almost like, um, without Burrow, he's kind of elevated himself a bit and he's taken a bit more onto his shoulders because he he certainly looks like he wants the ball and he wants to go make plays and and he did that on the weekend. So um, so yeah, I think it's they're an interesting, if not spectacular, team without Joe Burrow.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to see how they are. Um, you made an interesting point about um, Shane Steichen. I think he does deserve credit as a rookie head coach who's kind of done, I don't know, a surprising job in Indianapolis. And, and one of the things that surprised me is what you just said about how adventurous is in the red zone. I mean, we've seen, you know, Minchu throw a couple of interceptions down there, you know, but actually it's because when they get into the red zone, even with a backup quarterback, even with certain limitations, the whole playbook is available to them, isn't it? They're not. Yeah. We run don't first, you know, they absolutely dial up creative plays down at that end of the field. And I think that's absolutely to his credit. Um But yeah, very nice summation. And JB, you want tender hooks like we are for Colts Bengals? I, I, yes. I think it'd be
2: a good game. I, I, I like Minshew. I, I think I've, I've, made my my appreciation for Minchumania uh, very known on this podcast for the last couple of years but also just it's it's nice when our teams do well it's it's nice when one of us doesn't have an absolutely abysmal team that can't get out of its own way despite the fact that the Steelers are currently fifth in the seeding for the AFC playoffs um, I, kind of I'm I'm with a bit of what Aldrin said and kind of like when Richardson went down you kind of felt like this was okay that was it this was kind of the cult season was over for as up as down as it was expected to be but Minshew has kind of proved quite a capable hand in this kind of in the in this offense and it's played to his strengths at times um they're not outstanding they're not like a 49ers a Dolphins kind of level of offense but they're not a bad offense by any stretch of the imagination like I just said only scoring below 20 points once is incredible um coming from a a, the fan of a team who can't score 20 points two weeks in a row like combined um I I just think it'll be fun I think it'll be a nice game that's, yeah. that's, sort of, that's sort of sometimes you don't need excitement from my point of view you don't need exciting you don't need like stress right up until the very end sometimes you just want to
1: watch a nice competitive game of football
0: sometimes it's just nice to be nice
2: yeah it's just nice to have nice things
1: <laughs> so it's clearly what clearly what feeds were picking up on when they uh, checked out our pod right it's clearly what helps us stand out above all others but look yeah, i've, nice I've got a, I've, well, well, of course we are. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But I've got a burst of bubble for one team here, right? Two teams who, when their quarterbacks went down injured, thought their seasons were over. They're now back on the road to redemption, but this journey is going to run slightly smoother for the Indianapolis Colts. Welcome to Club Dub. do you know know what it comes down to, Aldrin and why I've gone for the Colts? Your love of Gardner Minshew? Well, yes, the love of Gardner Minshew. But I mean, Michael Pittman's playing like Mike Evans this year. He's He's just just so strong and just fights for every yard. I don't know, he's an easy player to root for.
0: The thing that gets me with Michael Pittman is he's a real leader on the team. But also, like you say, he's not the go-to guy if you want to get 70 yards. Right, we've got Alex Alex Pierce and um, Josh Downs for that. If you want to go and stretch yeah. the field, those are the guys for that. If you want four yards on a really horrible, nasty little route just inside, next mm. to two brutish linebackers that are going to absolutely hammer you, Michael Pittman's the guy. Throw yeah. it to his hands; he keeps it. It doesn't go anywhere. He doesn't drop it. Doesn't mess around with it just gets you the yards you need so yeah he's a real unheralded hero for some of the dirty work that he's had to do really in the trenches for um for some of those plays but yeah he's a real leader for me
1: yeah well like I say when I think of him and Mike Evans I think of them hitting defenders not defenders hitting them you know they have that certain physicality but yeah great games to watch oh so many things to be excited about um not only the games this weekend, but the fact this is genuine December football. We are now getting to the sharp end of what is shaping up to be an absolute barnstormer of an NFL season. Um, Gentlemen, your company as always has been remarkable. We will be back everybody after this weekend's games next Tuesday for our week 14 roundup. But um, gents, I'm looking forward to what's ahead. I'll catch up with you all then. Thanks guys. Thanks a lot. This is <gasps> Remember to subscribe
0: and be cool. Tell your friends.